everybody, and we're keeping that take to uh, Sharp oh, that Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. It's been a while, but I can still say the catchphrase. So catchphrase, we have correct phrases. We have numerous catchphrases here. Uh, my name is Dylan, Dylan Murphy. Uh, this is with me always is my co-host, John Gillen. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, sir? Your R. Kelly impersonation yeah. is coming along great. John, let's save it for our Kelly. Our, our, it's hard to say our our Kelly podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Let's let's not um, let's let's not continue that conversation, Rude, because that could go go sour. He's in jail now, though, so that's good. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, so that's. We'll just leave it there. I watched the documentary. I, I it was an uncomfortable watch, but I couldn't take my eyes off it. Um, but yeah, guitar stuff. Hello, welcome everybody. It's been a while. Basically, how recording of our episodes goes is, hey, do you want to do next Monday? I'm free next Saturday. And then this stuff gets keep on putting push back because I just can't make up my mind. So blame it on me. But it's free content. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Unless yeah. you want to pay us. You could pay us and then it wouldn't be free. And maybe we would make it more to your scheduled liking. You could pay us, yes. Uh, send us a message, and we will tell you where to send the brown envelope to. And you know that'll that'll help us keep the lights on, um, the the musical guitar lights. Uh, John, how are things? How is the guitar teaching business going? It's it's a guitar thing, you know. It, is uh, it goes. More people come in, and then they they want to learn about things on the guitar, and it happens. And I show them things on the guitar. Yeah, it's some great foreshadowing of our one of our main topics today, which is about lessons. So, yeah, Ooh, good. Yes. Ooh, good teasing there. It's like a trailer. Yeah, that, that wasn't really good teasing. That was intentionally ambiguous answer to your question. <laughs> I I always appreciate the ambiguity, um, you know, so, such vagueness. It's it keep, keeps me guessing. So we have a look of the week. It's my turn this week. It feels like it has been my turn in gosh darn ages. So uh, if you want to load it up there. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you any hints. I'm very curious because either I think this is one you're going to either know it or you're not. So uh, let's see. All right. You know, you know. You know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is this is this a Rory Gallagher Gallagher <laughs> Gallagher John Gallagher is the guy who smashes watermelons with mallets. <laughs> I, I corrected uh, myself. I corrected myself. I know. I know. It is not a good guess. Um, yeah. This is a bit. Uh, well, it would have been around the same time. What, what mm. era are you guessing? Uh, I'm guessing seventies. Close. Maybe uh, early eighties. But it has that sort of bluesy vibe like him. It's a it's a little bit quicker than what I would think of for like Robin Ford, for example. Yes. Robin good, Ford, good kind of that there. more mellow, bluesy. This is, look what I can do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Be a little Richard. Um, yeah, um, that, uh, that, that's a good guess, but it, you, you, you are way off. Um, I didn't guess little Richard, you did. Yes, I did, but that was just your, the vocal inflection. Don't put that on me, man. Uh, <laughs> um, so it is, it is late 60s. Uh, yeah, okay, so this is, well, shall I reveal? Oh, you know, um, the only other thing I could probably go for would be, yeah, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say Clapton on that, but it's just. Yeah, 
I that was that I was I knew you were going to say that because it does yeah. kind of have that uh, yeah. late sixties Clapton vibe. No, this is a band that basically I saw this transcribed um, about I'd say about five or six years ago. Uh, Guthrie Govan transcribed this song for uh, Total, Total Guitar Magazine and uh, Guitar Techniques Magazine, and oh, it was yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is a song called uh, "I'm Coming Going Home" by a band called Ten Years After. And oh. uh, with Alvin Lee on guitar. And oh, okay. Yes. So this is the Woodstock performance, and the whole thing—it's like it's the whole song is about eleven minutes long. It's just a fucking amazing, just blistering blues piece, and it's just—it's like this—it's just a big long twelve-bar blues song. But that intro, I remember just seeing it tra- written down, and then seeing the BPM because it's like two o five ish, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is fast for." such a you know so long ago you know yeah Late is 60s. That, i mean that's yeah that's ridiculously fast is he any relation to albert lee by chance he's not um he was that's part of that nothing. kind of late 60s blues revival uh yeah no he was named the fastest guitarist in the world at the time and um, wow. but no he yeah he did a lot of work with you know he worked with albert Al, he worked with albert lee but he, he i don't think he's a relation peter frampton rory gallagher they they all did some work together and um, but yeah he, the, the the band 10 years after they were this big you know late 60s blues uh british wave of blues uh you know the band and i remember oh. I, that in that intro just gets me every time it's just so freaking it's fast, so man. crazy yeah man. and it's yeah. you know we, we're, we're used to stevie ray vaughan and everything but that was like 20 years after so yeah it's, yeah it's, which is really nuts you know and that's i i wonder to be honest i don't know too much about uh stevie ray vaughan's influences in that respect so i wonder i wonder if there's a connection there I'd say there is because it there is a lot of just those those fast pull-offs and the working over the working really well. If you listen to the song, the, the playing he does over the changes is really really nice. So I would be very surprised if he wasn't influenced on SRV. But yeah, there you go. Um, people who haven't heard, I recommend checking out the whole song. There's a really good video, and the fact that it's Woodstock as well is so cool. It's it's you know uh, yeah, that's amazing. Defining wow. gig. Yes, so Gear Talk. We're, we're talking Gear Talk. Talking yeah, gear. we haven't had an official Gear Talk in a while. We haven't. Because, and Johnny suggested earlier today it was, it was NAM, or it still is NAM, I think. NAM I is think going on. Maybe, maybe today is kind of the wrapping up of the NAMs. Yes, they're there. Put the guitars back in the cases. The, the, the weekend, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, your take on it? Anything inter- interesting that you saw? Gibson stepped in another pile of it again. Did they? <laughs> yeah. So let's let's lead with Gibson news because yes. why not? <laughs> Our recurring segment now, Gibson news. Gibson of a bitches. Sorry. <laughs> what has Gibson stepped in today? That's it. Uh. Yeah. Not, not something good. Um, yeah. No, it's uh. So the the headline of this particular article is Gibson announces new authorized partnership program. We're going to let you use our stuff for a little bit of money. So there you go. Use our shapes. And if not, we're still coming after you. So after the uh, Mark Ignacy debacle, uh, they sent another guy out. Uh, This time it was actually the CEO, James Curley, came out and said, hey, guess what? We're announcing an authorized partnership deal. Um, Which, again, it's just just sort of doubling down on this. We're going to come after you. Which I get, you know, you're you're trying to limit the knockoffs and the the Chinese Gibsons and those things coming out. But good luck. 
to go after company yeah right you know like that's just trying to swat at flies i think like you're you're gonna be there all day it's someone's job apparently because he mentions in his press release that or in his speech that hey we've gone after these guys and we're we're gonna get it you know it's like okay somebody's job currently at gibson is to comb the internet and reverb for fake gibsons and let somebody know uh, uh, uh. yeah exactly oh man no the, the other thing is he said the um yeah with that he says they see a brand that's iconic they see it has momentum and they want to take it just frankly illegitimate leverage on that momentum through counterfeit product you have to hit that hard and you have to stop it fast or it gets out of control sort of like the last 30 years where you didn't do anything about it and quite frankly it damages your brand like your brand's been damaged by yourself for the last 30 years <laughs> so but then he continues on the other end of the spectrum there are these really amazing boutique guitarists and guitar luthiers who are making 10 20 50 100 guitars and they're shaping them either for their artists or their own business um and those are the ones that they intend to partner with the so it's he says, so it's going to work. Basically, it's an essential agreement where they acknowledge, quote, yep, these are your shapes, unquote. And we say, yep, you can use them. And then it involves some simple language around how many you make. And it's going to involve, there's, there may be some type of royalty dynamic, but we're, all, we're also going to support them in marketing terms. So it's not a revenue generating dynamic, except for that royalty part you just mentioned um for us at all whether by magnitude scale or by deal it's more acknowledgement that these are some shapes that we've created so basically if you're a boutique manufacturer you get to sell a gibson licensed shape if you're willing to pay gibson i am skeptical color me skeptical john i, yeah. I, I how is this gonna go like you don't see other big brands pulling this kind of stuff you know you don't know fender, fender isn't i mean geez no. Yeah, I think if it's if if it were me, I would discontinue anything that vaguely resembles your Les Pauls, your Flying V's, and um, what was the other one? I think they mentioned. Oh yeah, the Flying V and the Explorer. Yeah, come on. You know, man. forget it, man. Nobody likes an Explorer shape anyway. Let's be honest. You just <laughs> think I, you do. That's why I sold mine. I thought I liked it, John, and then I got it. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you, you thought you liked it, but alas. I was anyway. drunk with power and money. Uh, uh, so yeah, time. okay, Gibson's out of the way, leave that. Let's, let's talk some actual gear. Um, I, I just, once again, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's, the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the same as like Winter Nam this year and Summer Nam last year. It's just, it's just the same, but I, I did pick out a couple of highlights. I don't know about you. Yeah, I did, I did, but you go ahead. Okay, well, um, I have two highlights and an honorable mention, um, which which I've kind of because base it, it is it's it's more of the same. It it really is. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna gonna comb through these for the podcast for the sake of our loyal listeners, all two of them. And <laughs> hi, <they're> Maddie. Like, <laughs> hello, grandmother. Um, 
So, which, but I, I was actually surprised. Some of the stuff I found, I was like, that's actually pretty cool. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is, well, excuse me, is uh, the guitar. I was like, I'm going to pick a guitar and a pedal. So I'll, I'll go to the guitar first and then maybe we'll mm -hmm. take one of your choices. So I picked, I was like, what's Fender doing? What's, what's Fender doing this year? Um, so I picked the Fender Alternate Reality Powercaster. I don't know if okay. you've heard of this. Yes, it's it's basically, it's a rock guitar. It's them trying to muscle in, I think, on Gibson's shakiness right okay. now. But what I really struck me is it's like it's it's everything I like about Fender in terms of aesthetics. You've got the the you know the it's kind of a mix between a Mustang and a Jaguar, but it's just got this really nice clean look about it it's got the atomic humbuckers it's got uh let me just check now we've got three position toggle um roasted maple neck yeah i really really liked it i i i think it's just something that actually really stood out to me aesthetically um i've got a bit more information on it here one second now um, we can edit this out. Um, but no, I, I mean, in terms of guitars this year, it was very much more of the same. I was intrigued by the uh, Ed Sheeran Loudon. Mm -hmm. uh, but... I mean, I'm intrigued by Loudon. <laughs> yeah, so am I. It's... That Ed Sheeran has a model. I, I could not possibly care less about his model. So. Yes, and the fact that it's his name Sheeran in the the headstock, I was just like, "Oh, come on, man!" Oh, that's painful. nobody's gonna buy that. Nobody's I didn't gonna see buy that. that. Oh, that makes me hurt inside. Yeah, so it has one atomic humbucker in the bridge, and it has a P90, which I do I do like me a P90 every now and again in the neck. Yeah, um, and it just has this really nice kind of it has that really nice. It's kind of like a classic look, but not one of those terrible vintage things that people bring out. It just has this really sort of timeless look, but it is kind of fresh and clean. And yeah, you've got the two knobs and uh, it's it's very basic in terms of construction. Um, a really cool guitar and you can get one for about 750 euro new. So I, I like that. I think down the line, I would consider, uh, I'd love to have a go at one. Just, it was something that really stood out to me uh, guitar wise. I, I do love Fenders. Um, but yeah, how about you? Any, anything for yourself? Well, well, there's there's a couple that that caught my eye as far as guitar goes so i'll start with the first one uh d'angelico released a um brandon Niedermeyer uh Niederauer yes. Yes. guitar yes. this thing's fantastic and i'm i'm i, I like d'angelico's obviously this is sort of a, a legendary brand um they kind of they went extinct oh gosh when was that uh Let's see. I think in the six eighties, sixties. I'm not familiar. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was sort of in the late sixties. So, but Mel Bay, the famous, you know, those those horrible yes. Mel Bay books that you had to read. <laughs> Your very first guitar reading book that everybody yes. had and everybody hated. That guitar on there is a D'Angelico. Uh, okay. A New Yorker. It's a gorgeous guitar, right? Uh, Chet Atkins played them. You had um, a host of great jazz guys playing playing these guitars back in the day, and yeah. then in about 2000 um, or 2010, I guess they relaunched this brand, and they're making some really nice instruments. They've got a couple of acoustics that are nice. They're back to the the hollow body guitars as well. Um, this is one of their first solid bodies that I'm aware of, anyway. So mm. it's kind of kind of a, a different take on things, but it's, it's a gorgeous looking guitar. It sounds fantastic. Yes. Um, 
I'm, I, I honestly didn't know too much about uh, Brandon Niederauer before I saw this. And I was like, oh, it, it seems like he's kind of a blues guy, but it's got some pretty versatile tones on it. And I think it's a, I think it's a great looking guitar. And it's cool to see a brand like this coming back. Yeah, and the thing is, we've talked before about our, our, our skepticism when it comes to signature models. Mm. And this one is something that's just, it's so pretty. Yeah. It's just, it's, and it, it just looks good. I haven't had a go. It, it really did st- stick out to me, though. I haven't had a, a chance to listen to any demos, but you, you're saying it's, it sounds good? Oh, yeah, I think it sounds great. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than, it's, it looks like it's set up sort of, you know, Les Paul style. Uh, the pickups seem to be, a little bit punchier. I hate to use that word. You That's know. okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a safe place. Then, then maybe your standard Les Paul and a little bit more defined in the mid-range. Mm. Um, I, I think it sounds fantastic. It sounds really great. And in some ways, I guess maybe that maybe the pickups have kind of that older Les Paul sound to it. It's got a great look to it, that blues, gorgeous. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it sounds pretty good. Very nice. Um, no, good shout, John. I, I definitely will be keeping an eye out for them um, in the future. Yeah, that's definitely, it's a guitar I'm not going to forget very soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, cool. Well, my next choice for, for my pedal, um, my honorary mention, first of all, I should say, is the, so we were talking before that Fender have brought out some pedals and they, you know, they're, they're. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, they're getting really good reviews. Um, yeah. You know, which is which is great. Fair fair play to them for like pushing into a very competitive market, and you know trying trying their hand. So one of my my honorable mention is the Fender Smolder Acoustic o- Overdrive Ooh. pedal, and okay. yeah, th- this thing sounds. I actually great. had a Fender pedal on my list too. So oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's just it's basically like. I looked through, so there's the Summer Nam 2019, 2019 video, and it's got all the different Fender ones, and they've got all got mad names like the Pour Over and the Reflecting Pool. But this acoustic overdrive, everybody's going crazy in the comments for it. Um, and I've been looking for it because, you know, I love the sound of an acoustic, like I know a nice overdriven acoustic, like you yeah. know, the John, John Butler sound, the Riley Walker sound. So, yeah, I, and these, these over, overdrive pedals, they sound really good. They've, there's like seven knobs on it so you can really like tweak it to get your it's not just like an overdrive pedal where you have like two or three knobs there's some real um you know there's 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 some you can stretch it out you can you can really modify your the sound but the pedal that i'm going to choose is the new keely uh ddr drive delay reverb pedal have you seen this oh no 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 no. go on yeah so this is essentially it's basically a three pedal in one but it's got it's it's split into two sides. So you have control over both as if they were individual pedals. So you've got classic drive on one side, and the other is verb or delay. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know there's so many different you know each side has three three knobs. So you essentially decide what you want. Basically, so you're going from both the wet and the dry sound. There's a really nice video where Robert Keeley demonstrates it himself, and he said what he Ooh. wanted. What he wanted was a, a one pedal that if you were like rushing to a gig and you could only bring one pedal, just this. And just this is what he'd, he'd give you. And yeah, it's, it's retailing for about £179, probably around €200. Euro. It's got a nice mini toggle. Uh, you Basically, you're kind of, you're deciding what you want because it's got modern or vintage reverb and delays in it. Um, yeah, and he's, he said it's kind of got that real, in terms of drives, it's got a rich, deep, he's going for like a British amp sound. 
So oh, wow. they are really, really nice. And they're they're kind of at the stage now with their pedals where they're making them all in-house. Nothing is outsourced. They're just, everything is just made there in the shop. So I really like that as well. No, you know, Yeah, so yeah, Keeley have done it again. We've talked before about how much you really like their pedals. And yeah, I highly recommend checking out this. It's the Keeley DDR Drive Delay Reverb pedal. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just lump two of these together. Lump just, away, John. Since we, were, since we were talking the Fender pedals, I came across the Trapper, which is their uh, Fender's, it, it's kind of a fuzz octaver type pedal. Um, okay. So I've been working on putting together this 90s cover band with a couple of guys. And oh, yes. I probably need to have something that's a little fuzzier. I have my Bit Commander from yeah. Earthquaker devices, but it might be even too weird for that situation. But yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's but, a temperamental pedal. It is. Well, and it's supposed to be because it's Earthquaker. It's supposed to be a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, but this this is actually a fantastic little fuzz pedal. It sounds amazing. The clarity on it, I was comparing it to the demos between this and the new uh, Dunlop Hendrix pedals, which I thought were mediocre at best, to be honest. <laughs> but um, just you, those pedals are trying to emulate that original Octaver sound that Hendrix had and those fuzz mm -hmm. pedals, right? But yeah. Uh, this Fender just, uh, one of the things that I, I don't like about classic fuzz is it's just, it sounds mushy and indistinct. And so they made a real effort to make this a, a super clear pedal, even with that distorted sound on it. So, cool. Um, and there's a lot of variation, a lot of stuff you can play with. Uh, I won't delve too deep into it at the moment because I'm going to get to the other thing that I lumped in there. The I thought this was interesting. So Squire, obviously Fender, so lots yes. of Fender love going on right here today. Mm. <laughs> Take that, Gibson. So <laughs> um, the Squire, uh, they brought back their Starcasters. Yes, so these, yes, I saw this, and I'm I'm intrigued. You know, they're they're cool looking guitars. They're hollow bodies or semi hollow bodies. And they've even got one that's essentially, it's a chambered version of it, which is kind of cool. So it's their, their surf pearl finished contemporary yes. active model. It's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Features like a semi hollowed body to cut down on feedback and also be super light and fun to play. Uh, I, I think these look really cool. They're the, the headstock's a little goofy, but the guitars themselves look really cool. And I would be intrigued to play one. And given that they're squires, they're probably coming in, you know, tops five, six hundred bucks, which yeah. would be, be a good shout for a fun toy, you know? I mean, everybody starts off, well, I mean, I started off with the squire, you know, the, the guitar and amp model, and everybody kind of writes it off as that beginner package, yeah. you know, but it's, it's, it's not. There's some really, really, I've played squires that are nicer than fenders like especially in terms of like the bases as well so yeah, yeah. Uh, really worth checking out these are gorgeous guitars um really really nice and you've got the yeah with the you've got a the sqr humbuckers on one of these yeah um, to be honest i don't feedback. quite know what that means <laughs> no it's well i assume it's their their own pickup line but yeah i yeah. i do not doubt it. yeah fender really played a blinder this year so it's it's great to uh, great to see that they're keeping you know keeping new stuff coming out it's not just rehashing old stuff yeah yeah it's very cool very cool all right what else you got 
That's me. I think that that's basically everything I've got. I was I was tempted to kind of go down the the amp line. There was some you know uh, Black Star just brought out a really nice. Uh, I like that. Thing. I saw that one too. The Kentucky version of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool yeah. one. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's I I don't know. Oh, I just saw that Pete Torn has a new uh, video of that Keeley DDR. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, yeah, so that that's me. Uh, that's I think those are all my mentions. But how about you? Anything? Else? Um, the only other one that I saw that was kind of interesting, well, I wouldn't say the only other one, but another one that I thought I'd give a, a quick shout out to was Dofix, which is a, an Italian pedal manufacturer. And I just kind of came across these guys browsing through the pedals sections. And there is... How do you spell that? A D-O-P-H-I-X. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the Michelangelo overdrive boost combo of course it's named that it's italian right mama mia yeah <laughs> right but it's a dual overdrive with a boost combined in it and Ooh. the possibilities there are really interesting so i think i think it'd be a fun one to play around with it is available in the u.s as well they've they're the company is only about four years old and they've only been available in the u.s <laughs> for about 18 months so I definitely check them out. It's it's a pretty cool pedal. The Dofix Michelangelo, uh, definitely preferable in my mind to the stuff Dunlop showed up with today. Ooh, yeah. No, these pedals are gas, man. You've got like they've all got little, you know, Roman pictures like David and Leonardo. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, That's great. Yeah, it's so Italian. It comes with a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I already and said that. <laughs> take the pedal you know leave the pedal take the cannoli um cool man i am interested did you see any demos of this yeah i did um there was one from uh, guitar.com that had one Sweet. they did a great job this year covering uh, yeah they really did they had a ton of coverage so hopefully that'll be us one of these years <laughs> one of these years one of these uh, years so cool um sweet so we are going to move on to our main topic now which is uh well you know we kind of 50 50 this week because there was so much stuff at nam but we were talking about lessons and john you you you're you've been a teacher for quite a while and i've been teaching part-time teaching lessons um so we're going to talk about why you need lessons do you need lessons when where um you know why um so do you want to tell us a little bit about why you thought of this as a topic john um, I recently wrote a couple little blog posts uh, for Silversound on why it's not ideal to just try to learn the instrument off YouTube. So, because good, good yeah, because frankly, it's there's there's not a whole lot that um, it's just unstructured. You know, there's so much material out here, and we live in a day and age where you can access anything almost anywhere from your phone. And yeah. there's, there's plenty of great material. There's great companies like Jamplay who are getting really great guitarists to, who actually think a lot about how they play to talk about their instruments and talk about the writing process and talk about cool. practicing, which is something we've talked about so many times. You know, Jamplay, for example, has had Yvette Young, who's been on our show, Gretchen Men, uh, Neely Brosh. All of them have also been done stuff with Jamplay. And then, of course, <clears throat> you get... Some higher profile people like uh, I think Guthrie Govins even done something with them, and so there's a lot of lot of stuff there. But 
I, I think for me, I, I realize I get a lot of people who come in and say, I've been at this for a couple of years and I just feel stuck. Like I know how to kind of play a pentatonic scale. I can play a few songs, but I really don't know what's going on around the fretboard. And it's hard to know where to start. And so you, you even have people like Jens Larsen, who's got a massive emphasis on learning the fretboard. But where do you start? And is that yeah. stuff that, you know, well, I'm not really a jazz guy. Is that really stuff I need? Well, the answer is yes. But, <laughs> you know, even if you're not a jazz guy. So that's, that's kind of why I thought, hey, this might be a good thing to talk about between us and um, shed some light on why we think lessons are necessary and how they've helped us. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, sweet. So, I mean, did you take lessons growing up? Like, I know you went to school for, for you went to music school, but in terms of like guitar one-on-one -on -one lessons, when when exactly did you start? Um, I started. I, I probably I got a guitar. I think when I was sixteen, and I just sort of I had one lesson with one of the guys in the local music store here. He taught me how to play U2's Desire. That was oh the yeah! First song I actually ever learned how to play, <laughs> and then one. after that, uh, I kind of fell off the lessons and sort of fumbled around a little bit and didn't really know what to do. And I stopped playing for, gosh, about a year or two before I picked mm -hmm. it up. Uh, yeah, I was about seventeen then when I finally picked it up again. I was like, okay, let's try it. Let's give it another go. Let's see what I can do. And I, I ended up getting lessons shortly thereafter. I think it was one of those deals where my parents were like, well, if you want lessons, then you got to practice. And I was like, I don't know yeah. what to practice, but okay. So I tried to learn a few songs and tried to just, you know, pick up a book and okay, what do I do with this book? Because back then the internet was hard to come by, dear listeners. So, <laughs> Books. Yeah. But then, yeah, after that, it, I took lessons for a long time here uh with another with a with a teacher here and then i got into some finger picking stuff and some uh finger style acoustic guitar stuff took lessons mm -hmm. for that because that was way beyond my capability at the time and and then as as i progressed i still find myself being like okay i kind of need a kick in the pants i took a couple lessons with christophe godin um, yeah that was a while back yeah. and and you know, and and that's the thing. Like, even just a fresh perspective of, okay, I could see you play something. Here's some exercises. Yeah, come back to me in a week or two weeks or a month or whatever, and show me what you got. And that's that's basically how that went down. But it was a good kind of, oh, that's a different perspective. Realize some holes in my playing, kind of kick you in the butt a little bit. Yeah, I think it's that's 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 a really kind of yeah, very humbling because like I don't know, I, one on one like you're you know I think you're a tremendous guitar player and just the fact that you can you know a lot of people you know you get to a stage you're like I don't need lessons I can play you know minor pentatonic <laughs> that's all I, that's all I'll ever need but it's the idea five that you positions on the fretboard yeah oh five five if we're lucky uh, yeah it's. It's just I don't know. It's being able to suck it up and be like, "Hey, I, I need, I want to learn something else, and I'm gonna like pay someone else to show me how to do it." You know? Yeah, I don't, so, I don't need you, man. I've got tabs from open the guitar. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I've got tabs on YouTube. So, what what about you? I mean, what was you recently started, or you took some lessons a while back? I think yeah. while you were still in court, right? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I've taken lessons. I'd say 
every now and again, I'll just, I'll get into a bit of a rut uh, or I'll find something that I really want to get down that I just can't find information for. So I will, you know, suck it up and, and, and take a lesson. And it's, it's always great because I, I, I find the best thing about if you're stuck on something or you want to learn something or you're, you're not sure is that you have someone that you can, you know, someone who knows that you can actually ask questions to. Right. You're not going on to the guitar subreddit and like, you know, looking through people who have asked your question before you have direct, you know, advice and like what picking should I start on an upstroke or a downstroke for this? And what would you do? And it's yeah. even that it's even like think, taking something that you'd like to do. For example, I remember like I was backing a singer um, who was playing the acoustic guitar and I was like, what could I put in here? And just being shown all the possibilities by asking a professional guitar player, I was like, what would you do if you were given the song and you were like, okay come up with some lead parts and just being even shown like scales or what, what to do and even like the great thing about lessons now is that you can record them you can take them with you yeah. not, you, you, can, you can go back to them which i think is a really great thing you can record them on your phones and just listen through stuff and if you don't get something the first time you can listen through it and process it which i, I really like i think it's a really important thing to do to be able to leave a lesson with at least notes on what to practice for next time take notes just, absolutely yeah. um <clears throat> I did a short little video on this recently, so mm. posted to our Instagram. But yeah, like that's one of the biggest things. Like I get people coming back and they say things like, well, I couldn't remember what to practice. I'm like, you have a pen, you have a paper, you have a phone. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold your hand through this whole process. And that's something I started doing um, a long time ago. I was taking lessons from a guy by the name of Dave Beagle, who's about an hour north of here. Mm. And... It, he was kind of a relatively well-known session guy in LA for a while and um, then decided to move out here just for a quieter life. But he demanded that you show up with a tape. And <laughs> that's, that's great though. That's, yeah. And, and you would, and he would record the lesson for you and stop things and say like, okay, so this exercise here and he would play through the exercise that he gave you. And you would actually know what it was supposed to sound like. And he'd put on the metronome and you could, you could go back and reference the whole thing. One of the guitar players I took lessons from in college, same thing was, except with, not with a tape. He said, bring your laptop, open it up and just record it, record it in GarageBand or record it on your phone, whatever, just yeah. bring it in and record the lesson because Honestly, he would go through so much stuff that you would have to go back anyway and be like, I don't understand this. And you'd come in the next week and be like, you were talking about, you know, the tritone substitutions and the dominant over the seven. And like, I'm totally confused on this. And when do I use the altered scale? And he'd be like, okay, so let's back that up. And he would take one section from your previous lesson and that would be your entire next lesson. <laughs> yeah, so, I... That was actually, to be honest, one of the reasons I stopped taking lessons because I had a phone full of lessons that I was just like, I haven't even scratched the surface with this stuff. I can really oh, yeah. break it down. And yeah, it's great just having someone, a more experienced perspective on stuff. Just Well, and I think it's, it's good to get somebody else's perspective on the fretboard. And yeah. it, it's and because you, you start to think about your own shapes and the things that you do on a regular basis. Your vocabulary only gets better. Yeah, you you're learning from other people you're learning different styles and if all you've ever played is 12 bar blues well it's probably time to find some different licks 
Yeah, know? absolutely. Or even chord just... progressions, you know, or, or variations on the 12 bar blues even, you know, so not that you can't just play the blues, but. Yeah, but I, exactly. And I think that's one of the things, it's not just showing you new things that you can do, but also um, new things that you can listen to. And that's yeah. what I really like is I love, you know, this new perspective. Like if you don't know anything about jazz, talking to someone directly about what's actually going on musically, um, having someone to bounce that off is is a really important thing. And just I've discovered loads of new music through teachers over the years. And people who will tell me like, oh yeah, well I had to learn this song for a gig and then he'll play me a song. And I was like, amazing. And like, I, that, that was, I had a, a teacher back in, um, when I, when I moved, first moved to Galway, who was just obsessed with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he really just, he was like, no, it's just, it's all these little things that Frashante is doing in between that makes him so good. And that really opened my eyes because I'm like, yeah, I know, I you know I know the the hits or whatever, but it was just basically that 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 more experienced ear, that more experienced perspective. And the yeah. thing is, like we know from teaching that we are that guy to people coming in. We can be like, what's cool about this is this, this, and this yeah. that we've learned ourselves. Which um, yeah, I, I I always really like imparting that wisdom. And even like I was teaching a a, a guy who had to play uh, this kid how to play danny california the other day i'm like okay so this is how you can play it but i've been listening to Rashante for so long that i know this is actually how he's playing it you know with the thumb over the neck and stuff like yeah. that and um, so to be able to just explain that stuff um is is really really cool and it's never been easier to get a lesson either i mean you you offer skype lessons there's oh yeah yeah that's just i do think if you can lessons in person um, are, are really good because it's hard to get all the angles. Like you mentioned, picking and pick strokes and stuff. I'm a fairly technical teacher, and I like to be able to see that. For example, I had a student who was working on um, the Trooper solo by Iron Maiden, <laughs> and there's a part in there where it's this alternate picking run on the first and second string, and he's, he was just struggling with it. And I was like, why is that the case? Like, you, when you play it slow, you're fine. But when it speeds up, it's falling apart. And I started really paying attention to his picking. And it's like, you're never starting on the same stroke. Like, oh, okay. And then you're, you're not sure what you want to pick. So slow it down. Figure out what your right hand needs to do. And really dial that in. And a lot yeah. of times, I, I find that's it. You know, for when it comes to your speed it's a lot of time it's it's usually that inconsistency in the right hand and so it's just a matter of slowing it down and figuring it out but it's things like that that you don't always see necessarily in a skype lesson unless you've got all the camera angles yeah exactly it's a uh, very much a i don't know it, being in person and being like okay move like actually being able to like holds the student's guitar and just be like move your finger there yeah because um, i don't know it's it's a visual medium is great but being able actually to physically show and um, yeah no it's great and i i think it's i don't know uh, you know courses and youtube videos are great but i think that human you know human touch is such a such a great thing to have yeah i i would totally agree you, you there's there's so many resources and i'm not going to say don't avail yourself of those resources we can learn more now than ever before, which is great. Do that. But that human intuition, like you said, that, well, this is actually what's going on. And, and if you listen to X, Y, and Z, this is what you can hear, you know. And, yeah, there's some of that in, on those courses. But I think just that, that personal interaction and getting that real sense of what's going on is, is great. Um, and 
I, for me, it's always a challenge to push me a little bit further too. I think that's the other thing. Like there's some accountability with a lesson. Yes, that, absolutely. You know, you're like, oh crap, I've got a lesson in two days and I've barely practiced the stuff I'm supposed to practice this week. And you're paying for it. So it's like, you want to get the most out of your money, you know? Absolutely. Especially when you're an adult and you start paying for your own lessons. You're like, no, I'm going to use this. <laughs> I pay yeah, for this. yeah, exactly. And it, so I think it's, it's a good way to kind of kick you in the butt a little bit. I've been paying for some composition lessons recently because I need any little kick in the butt to, to finish a couple of projects here and yeah. concerts. So, but to do that, like, you know, a little bit of accountability helps when, That's especially it. when you've got all the other stuff going on in your life. It's like, no, I want to do this. I want to get it done someone to kind of hold you accountable in your pocketbook, you know? Yeah. Well, we've talked about motivation before and it just kind of comes back to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There so you yeah. so um, um, long story short, get lessons. We've told you why. <laughs> yeah. I want to get least, lessons again. Pick up a few because you'll, yeah. you'll thank yourself for it. hundred percent. But John, uh, let's just go with what have you been working on apart from the trooper solo? Um, I've been learning a lot of nineties. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. So let's see. Um, working on some space hog. I don't know if you remember them in the meantime. Oh, I have, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Space hog, dear God. Space hog in the meantime, um, live, both lightning crashes and I alone, the two live songs. Anybody knows space hog. Get a look yeah. at these guys. Yeah, go ahead and pull it up. Give give it a give it a quick listen there. 1994. Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, they look very 90s. Give me one second now. Yeah. Just gonna have a quick. Oh wow. Oh wow, that's that's very 90s, John. That's oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Peace hug. Goodness gracious. Um, go on. Anything else? Anything where you can kind of rock out? Uh, let's see. So like I said, there's the live. Um, funny, uh, interestingly enough, we are actually going to do Immigrant Song because that's a Led Zeppelin song nobody does. Always and fun. Everybody is like, oh, that's amazing. And we've got someone who can actually hit the, the vocal parts. So Yeah, you need a bass player fun. for that as well. Um, we've got, let's see. What else? Oh, I was working on Harvey Danger's flagpole. Sitta. Sitta. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And every, every time I play it, though, I think of Peep Show. Yeah, like, that's like, it. I can't not think of Peep Show. Those octaves, just the. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's great. They're, they're an interesting band, if you, you research, like your man. I, I didn't know anything about them. I still don't. So. Yeah, Todd in the Shadows, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, has this uh, yeah. series series called One Hit Wonderland, and he talks about bands like you know what they did before and after the hit, and yeah, he was like, I he's like, I actually really like this band, and the lead singer is a music critic, and you know that's that's kind of cool, and he just goes into their you know how actually smart they were and how it was just they got sucked in by that '90s one hit machine, and um, no, really interesting, but yeah, a fun song. And people that know it love that song. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that song. Yeah, yeah. It's it's none of this is like extraordinarily difficult to play. It's just kind of fun power chordy stuff. Blur song two, which is the same four <laughs> chords for the entire song. Yes, but with a distortion pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Got to change it up there, just yeah. so 
Yeah, we're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to get a second guitarist in there for this or if we're going to try to wrangle a one guitar situation, which is a little tough with some of these. A lot of these 90s bands have two guitarists. So, yeah, it was, it was the style at the time. It was. It was. At any rate, so that's mostly what I've been working on the past week or so. There's a handful of other like exercises and stuff and um, the perennial Rick Graham or uh, legato workouts because... I will never be as fast as him. <laughs> so. No, but that attitude. Yeah, <laughs> right. I just need um, a giant beard. That's that's it. That's the yeah. key to key to it all. Um, I have been working on. Uh, so I've been trying to learn more more solos to kind of get my technique and get me something to as opposed to just exercises because I, I think I was going mental there with like different exercises and BPMs every day. Um, I've been working on uh, two things and one of them is actually just more of a, a habit that I'm trying to get. I'm trying to practice either without a screen or without my phone or mm -hmm. just really trying to do that because I caught myself getting distracted or like oh maybe I can learn this and go just going down various YouTube rabbit holes and I, I think that you know if you want to practice something and if it's like a like a pattern or something like that like a, a musical phrase I think that you know doing that while watching TV it, it, that's fine because you know we get bored but I'm I'm trying to without something that I can interact with you know, like a phone or a laptop. That's what yeah. I'm really trying to do. And I'm trying to learn the uh, the Bean Caught Stealing solo by James Oh, Addiction. fun. A, a great, really, really great solo and a really fun song. And it just kind of comes out of nowhere because it's this really dirty kind of metal tone. Yeah. But the, the notes that he's using, it's really nice how he moves. Dave Navarro is unreal, man. And he still looks like a Greek god. So I just, the way he just, he, the phrasing in terms of, because it's all over one chord, but the way that he turns, like, hits the thirds and the sevenths of the chord is just so nice and done in a really tasteful way. And there's got some really nice runs in there. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. That's a, um, that's a good one. I may, have to, I may have to borrow that for the cover band. <laughs> so. Oh, man, absolutely. You should. But you got to get someone to do the dog barking sounds. You know? rawr, rawr, rawr. Yeah, I, I could do that. See? Look. That, that's, oh, seamless. I thought there was a dog in the room. Um, <laughs> And have you been listening to anything, or has it just been '90s jams? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like, oh, hey, that's fun. I'll listen to that, and I'll listen to that. So, uh, kind of going back and revisiting some of that stuff. That's I, I can't say I've found anything new and exciting in the past week or so since we last talked. So I'm I'm gonna have to like pass on that <laughs> pass hard pass yeah because essentially that's it i mean it's it's been a lot of like oh hey i forgot about that song i'll have to listen to that song so it's mostly what it's been mm. i'll be honest that's fair though what, what, what about yourself well john it's, it just so happens that in the last uh three hours slipknot released two singles so uh yes, for an I hour did see that. i did see that yes so that was been that's been most of my day um, I that's a good question. I recently went and saw my friends uh, in the Led Zeppelin cover band No Stairway perform. Uh, they perform Led Zeppelin one and two from start to finish. Is that is that uh, a reference to something? I'm not. I'm not mm, sure. I don't know. No Stairway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they yeah. So they did. From, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. from good times, bad Welcome times, back. right down to bring it on home. It was it was great, no stops, and a mercifully short uh, version of Moby Dick 
Oh. <laughs> it's great. And I want to say this now. I said it before, but one of the best things about going to a gig where you know exactly what song is going where is that you know exactly when to go to the bathroom, um, which was Thank You from Led Zeppelin 2 because that song is hot garbage. Um, I hate it. I hate it so much. It doesn't, it, it ruins, oh, ruins a near perfect album. Um, so I was listening to that and I recently, I went to see John Grant and Villagers uh, performing as part of the Galway Arts Festival. So that was my, that was my culture for the week. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. And yeah, not a whole lot. Um, we, we recently, people want to check it out. Uh, I'm part of a local independent record label called Kitog Records, uh, C-I-T-O-G. And we recently just released our first compilation in quite a while of all the artists on the label. So um, I would, if people could give that a check out, that would be great. One of my songs is on there. So Cool. Yeah, that's cool. kind of, uh, I was just listening to the other artists there. And yeah, I've made a playlist of my favorite Irish songs at the moment called Modern Irish Bops, which you could find if you type it into Spotify. It's all modern Irish music. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I've been listening to. It's uh, <laughs> as opposed to your hard pass there. Um, oh, zing. <laughs> zing. Um, but yeah, that's us for today, I believe, unless there's anything you'd like to mention, John. I don't think so. I think it's catchphrase oh. time. I, I think it is catchphrase time, friends. Uh, yes, uh, have, have a lovely rest of your July. And uh, yeah, stay sharp.